What's up, guys? Welcome to Demo with Mo. I'm your host, Monique Simmons. We'll be discussing dating, engaged, and married objectives from a young Christian's perspective. Are you guys ready? Let's dive in. Hey, 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 what's up, guys? This is Monique, the host of Demo with Mo. I just wanted to give you this announcement before we dove into today's episode. I recorded the whole podcast episode and for some reason it saved, but there was no sound. It was almost an hour worth of podcast and I didn't get sound until the last two minutes of the podcast episode. But instead of scratching it, not having a new episode for the week, I said, it's okay. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get up early in the morning and I'm going to do it over again. And I did just that. So I just wanted to forewarn you guys when you get into this episode on today, I may sound like I just woke up. It's because I did. It was 530 in the morning, but that's how dedicated I am to you guys, to my audience, because I really appreciate you. And I really hope and pray that the things that I discuss, the topics that we dive into, all of the stuff that we cover... I hope that it is able to help you in a practical way. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up and let you know if my sound is off, if my voice sounds differently than it usually does, this is why. But I wanted to make sure that I gave you guys this episode this week. So as always, I love you guys. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? Welcome to the new episode of Demo with Mo. I am your host, Monique Simmons. And today we are going to talk about why are romantic relationships so hard? And don't get me wrong. Don't be fooled by the title. Your romantic relationship, whether you're in a committed relationship, you're dating someone, you're married, it's not going to be hard all the time. Or let me be clear. It shouldn't be hard all the time, but there are going to be some times in your relationship where you face conflict, where it seems like you guys can't get on the same page, where you are in disagreement, where there may be silence and you don't have the words to say. It just may seem like you guys cannot get along. So today we are going to discuss top reasons of why romantic relationships can be so hard. In my private group on Facebook, and if you are not a part of this group, or if you are dating in a committed relationship, or you are married, pause this podcast right now. Yeah, right now. Hit pause. Go over to Facebook, search Dating, Engaged, and Married Objectives, and come join us right now. All you have to do is answer the questions, and it'll automatically let you into the group. Come join us. If you are in a relationship, we talk about all things regarding relationships, everything. If you want to talk about it, we will discuss it. So come join us right now. Okay, now that you're back, if you had to go join, (laughs) I asked in the group, I created a poll and I named numerous reasons of why romantic relationships can be hard. And I let everyone in the group vote 
And I went with the top three to discuss today. And the top three, which to be honest with you, I am not surprised about at all because I think a lot of people in relationships struggle with these as well. I think it's just something across the board. So the first one, which came in at number one at 54%, lack of communication. And why this one is so common, if we were to communicate and not only just communicate, but having effective communication. And I do want to reference you back to season one, episode 11, and I'll be sure to put this in the show notes so you can have a link that takes you directly to it. But I did a podcast episode on how to have effective communication. And we referenced Dr. Gottman and the Four Horsemen. I'm not going to dive into it and take up too much of your time with it, but go back and listen to that podcast episode. And it gives you different ways of us having effective communication and the ways that we should not communicate. And Dr. Godman gives these four horsemen on ways that you may communicate in your relationship or your marriage that reflect that your relationship may not last. If you guys are communicating like this, it's very unhealthy. One of those four horsemen is stonewalling. It's where you shut down. It's where you physically leave or you just emotionally, mentally shut down. Your partner or your spouse may be talking to you, but you're not hearing anything they say. The conflict may rise. This may be a subject you don't want to discuss. You get your keys and you leave. You drive off. You come back later. But that's not a healthy way to communicate. So it's not only in us communicating, but having effective communication. Communication where the other person feels heard, where you're able to listen, you know, where you respect one another's opinions, perspectives, thoughts, where you see where they are coming from. It's not just in what you say, but how you say it as well. And even listening to your partner, they may be saying one thing with their words, but sometimes we really have to listen to their heart. What's going on in their heart? How are they feeling? Are they hurt? How did this affect them? Communication is big and it's one of the number one reasons why we have issues in our relationships and our marriages, because if we were able to have effective communication and if we were able to talk and work through some things, a lot of those other issues would be canceled out because we would be able to talk about them. But I think the lack of communication is such a big one because we have all of these other problems because we're not able to communicate. And not only are we not able to communicate, we're not able to communicate in a healthy, effective way. So again, when this one came in at number one at 54%, I was not surprised at all. So that's number one. Number two, coming in at 16%, No conflict management skills. This is a big one because let's face it, conflict is inevitable. We're going to come up against things where we disagree. We don't see it the same. Our opinions may be different. Our perspectives may be different. I've said this on majority of my podcasts. When you're in a relationship, you're usually in a relationship with 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 your opposite. You know, the saying opposites attract is such a true thing. You know, it's beautiful when we're getting along. It's beautiful when those opposites are meshing. But the thing about opposites are, you guys are different. 
you see things different. You see life differently, your perspective, your thoughts, your opinions, how you were raised, how you were brought up, the dynamic of your family, the dynamic of their family, what you were taught is it's just different. So there's going to be conflict. There's going to be things that arise in your life. When you're dealing with children, when you begin to have children in your relationship, you guys may see that differently. When you're talking about finances and money, you may see that differently. When you're talking about religion, spirituality, your relationship with God, you may see that differently. It's going to be some things that bring up conflict and conflict is not the issue because we're in this life, we're in this world, of sin and we are humans, it's the inevitable. Conflict isn't the issue. Our management skills to handle the conflict when it comes up, that's the issue. So I want to reference to you in my research, I'm going to put this link in the show notes so you can go read this more in depth for yourself as well. But verywellmind.com, it talked about conflict resolution skills. And one of the first ones that it discussed is getting in touch with your feelings. This is a good one because a lot of times, especially when conflict arises, you know, you want to pop off. You want to express how you feel. If you're upset, you want them to know that you're upset. If you're sad, you want to know that you want them to know that you're sad. But that's not always the thing. First, let me get in touch with my feelings. Why am I sad? Why am I upset? Why am I angry? Let me take the time out to get to the root of what's going on with me. Because let's say there's an issue about money. We've been talking about it. Oh, well the lack of communication. We haven't been talking about it. Maybe we had some on the surface conversations about it, but we really haven't really dove into the conversation. But one of the partners in a relationship is upset about money. You feel like you're not saving money. You're spending too much money. You're wasting money, whatever. Anything concerning money right now is a trigger for you. It's making you upset because you feel in some type of way internally, but you really haven't sat down to express your way in a healthy, effective way. So nothing has really changed. The more your partner spends or the more it looks like they're wasting money, the more upset you are getting. So now I need to get in touch with that. So when my partner goes and buys clothes. They went on Amazon and had a little shopping spree. You see these boxes come to the home. Now you're upset. You're hot. You're ready to go off. You're calling your partner. What are you doing? What are all these Amazon packages? How dare you do this stuff? And you didn't talk to me about it. You didn't ask what I thought about it. Instead of responding from that place, When the Amazon packages come to the home, take the time out to deal with what you're feeling. Yes, you are upset, but you're not upset about these Amazon packages. That's not why you're upset. Get to the root. I'm upset because I feel like we're not on the same page when it comes to finances. I want to save more. I want to spend less on those extra things right now and kind of put back. But it seems like we can't agree or it seems like my partner is not hearing me. I don't feel heard. I feel disrespected. I feel like I'm left out. That's what's really going on. Get in tune with what you're really feeling and why you feel that way. And that way that helps you with your conflict management skills. Because now when I go to my partner, I go to my partner in a different way. 
And this is effective communication. Now I can put my thoughts and words together and explain to my partner how I feel, not criticize them, not put them down, not tell them everything that they're doing wrong. But I can say what I'm feeling left out. I'm not feeling a part of your partner or your spouse is more receptive to receive that. So get in touch with your feelings. Next, active listening. I know you guys do this. Don't lie. Don't even lie. Raise your hand if you do this. When you and your partner get into a to an argument or a heated conversation or conflict arises and you guys are going back and forth in your conversation, are you really listening to them? Are you really hearing where they're coming from, their perspective, why they may be upset, why they may feel some type of way? Or are you putting your response together while they're talking? You already know what you're going to say, how you're going to come back, how you're going to jab them, how you may hit below the belt. You're already putting your thoughts together. If you raise your hand, if you say yes, stop doing that. I know it's easier said than done because I used to do this myself. And sometimes I still find myself doing this. But when your partner or your spouse is talking, Really listen so you can listen and understand. Because when you're having a conversation or argument or conflict arises, you want to argue to understand. You want to argue to get their perspective. You want to argue to see where they're coming from. You don't want to argue to win. Because when you argue to win, you both end up losing because you don't get the end goal. Because what you wanted when you first had the issues about money, remember, you wanted to be on the same page. You wanted to feel included. You wanted to be a part of, that is your goal. Your goal is not to win and just make them understand your perspective, but you don't hear where they're coming from and you don't want to understand their side of it. Your goal is you both to be heard, for you both to get understanding and for you guys both to be on the same page. Next, assertive communication. You have to be able to communicate your feelings. I'm not telling you to go under a rock to not say anything, to not express how you feel. You have to be assertive in your communication. That means you have to be clear. You have to say exactly how you feel and what's going on, but you can't be aggressive. You can't go to your partner in a way where they have to become defensive. Again, when we talk about the money or the finances, the first way when I said the Amazon packages arrived and you call your partner going off, why are these packages here? How dare you order all this stuff? You didn't talk to me. We didn't agree on this. Imagine being your partner. Put yourself in their shoes. If anyone ever approaches you in that way, you automatically are going to get defensive. If you feel like someone wants to hurt you, attack you, your body automatic reaction is to defend yourself. So that's what happens. But if you go to your partner after the Amazon packages have came and you've kind of gotten your thoughts together and you recognize why you're feeling the way you're feeling, well, baby, you know, these Amazon packages just came. I would love when you get a chance this week, let's put something on on the calendar to kind of discuss the finances. I want to see where where we can, you know, maybe spend less money, where we can put more into savings, you know, because we like to we like to do fun activities and we like to, you know, we like to hang out and there's things that we really want to accomplish. Maybe we want to get some work done in the home. Maybe we plan on moving out of state, whatever it is for you and your partner. 
touch on those subjects, something that you guys have in common because now you got your partner's attention. Now this is something that not only benefits you because your your communication and your conversation cannot be selfish. It has to be about both of you guys. So maybe hit on those areas of things that you guys have in common. And now you have your partner's attention. You're talking calmly, but you're talking clearly because you're discussing the finances and you're telling them that you guys need to get something on calendar. So maybe hit them with, you know, what day do you have free this week? Let's go ahead before Saturday, let's go ahead and get something on the calendar. What what days are you available? What what time do you have free this week? Oh, Thursday at six. Okay, let's do that. That'll work for me. Let's do Thursday at six. And I just want to go ahead and give you a heads up. You know, I want to discuss the finances. I want to talk about areas where we may can cut out a little spending and put more into savings or save more for a trip or save for the work we want to get done in the home or whatever that area is for you. Say that to your partner or your spouse. And now you guys have something on the calendar. You were assertive. But you also, you weren't aggressive. You didn't make your partner defensive. You tapped on areas that you guys have in common that maybe your partner was able to really listen to you and not shut down, not get defensive, not feel like they were being attacked. But you also were very clear on what it is you wanted to do. So now you guys have something on the calendar. You have expressed to your partner what you guys are going to discuss. So now this gives them time to kind of prepare themselves for the conversation, maybe to look more into the finances, to see where they can spend less and save more. And now this helps you get to the end goal that you want. So assertive communication. All right. Now I also discuss conflict resolution strategies. Make a decision. When conflict occurs, you need to have, especially for yourself personally, you need to have maybe talk through it with yourself, but make a decision on how you want to handle certain things when they come up. And you and your partner or your spouse can agree to this as well. Let's say conflict arises, you guys have children. Anything surrounding the children, you guys need to have an agreement before it arises because it's inevitable. If you have children, there will be conflict. Conflict maybe with their behavior, their academic and their grades, friends that they may hang around that may be a bad influence. When they feel like they're smelling themselves and they want to be disrespectful, it's so many things around children that will cause conflict in a relationship or marriage. So you guys have an agreement beforehand. Let's say you guys made the decision that whenever the conversation about kids come up, you guys will talk about this alone. If you have to get away, if you have to get a babysitter, if you have to wait to the end of the night when they're going to bed or you get up early before they get up in the morning, however you decide to do that, but you guys' agreement was, we'll never discuss issues about the kids with the kids, around the kids, while the kids are in our presence. I don't care how upset we get. I don't care what little Jimmy did. We're not going to talk about what little Jimmy did in front of little Jimmy. We're going to sit down together. We're going to have a conversation as husband and wife, as partners, as parents. We're going to have a conversation first. And then once we come to an agreement, we're going to go talk to little Jimmy. That's a decision. So now you're not thrown off and one partner feels like they need to talk to little Jimmy right now. But now both partners are on the same page. You are in agreement. You made a decision. So now when this conflict arises, you guys already know. Well, little Jimmy, we'll talk about that to you later. And you can even express to little Jimmy, little Jimmy, mom and dad have to talk about this first and we will discuss this with you later. Period. 
you made a decision and follow through with the decision that you made. Or if it's just you personally, I have this saying, which I'm sure you've heard before. I choose my battles. If it's something simple that arises in my relationship, I don't have to nitpick about everything. I choose my battles. If it's something simple that it may inconvenience me, it may get on my nerves, but it's not a real true issue. Not nothing that I want to cause problems in my marriage about. Not nothing that I want to have an argument or have a bad day with my partner about. I choose my battles. That's a decision for me. So when certain things happen or certain things are said or certain things make me feel some type of way, I choose my battles. That just rolls off my back. You know, that that just goes over my head. I'm not concerned with that. It's not that serious. So whatever it is for you, but make a decision on how you want to handle the conflict when it arises, because it will arise. I told you guys, it's the inevitable. Next, they said, have a third party present. I agree with this. There are going to be some times in your relationship, in your marriage, where you face some conflict that a simple conversation between the two of you may not work. It may not help. It may not fix things. You guys may need a third party. And I'm not talking about calling your mama now. I'm not telling you call your cousin down the street. I'm not talking about calling your girlfriend and having her come and be the mediator between you guys. That's not what I'm saying at all because you need a non-biased party. What happens is, let's say you do call your mama now, your cousin or your girlfriend. All they're going to remember is what your partner said to you, how your partner made you feel. Because what you guys usually do when you're expressing something, everybody does not do this. And I know that that's true. But a lot of people, when you're telling someone that you love or that you care about what's going on in your relationship, it's usually one-sided. You don't say what you did. You don't say how you had a bad attitude. You don't say how you was nasty. It's always what your partner or your spouse did. And what happens is when you guys are talking to these family members and these friends, a lot of them can't help but be biased because they have a dog in the fight. And that dog is you. They care about you. They love you. They want to see the best for you. So when you forgive your partner or your spouse, because nine times out of 10, you are, when you forgive them and you move on and your relationship gets in a great place, your mom, your cousin, your girlfriend, they're going to see your partner or your spouse in that same light that you showed them in. Because what usually happens is you don't tell them about the good things that your partner or your spouse does. You don't tell them about how they loved you so well and so good and prayed for you and saw you through some hard times and how they encourage you and how they support you. You don't tell them that stuff. You tell them the negative things. So I'm not talking about that. Leave those third parties out of this situation. Don't don't call them. You may need to have a professional. That can be a counselor or a therapist. You guys know I'm an advocate for therapy. Or you can even call your pastor or a minister in a church. In a lot of the churches, especially your larger churches, they have counselors and therapists in the church. But I encourage you to get a non-biased third party to sit down and it helps so much because both partners are able to hear one another out. The therapist helps you put your words together. They kind of, when you don't have the words, 
and you're trying to express yourself, it can be hard for your partner or your spouse to understand. And that counselor or that therapist or that third party, they help you put your words together. They help you to listen when your partner or your spouse is talking. They teach you strategies and communication skills. Something I learned in counseling that really helped me in marriage counseling. Our therapist taught us when you hear your partner or your spouse say something, before you respond, because I told you guys earlier, a lot of you listen to respond. Don't do that. Stop doing that. When your partner or your spouse is talking, hear them, listen to them. And once they get done, don't just jump in with your response. Get clarification. Well, so-and-so, I heard you say this, this, and that. Is that right? So now you want to make sure that you heard your partner or your spouse right. Because a lot of times, especially when we have experienced this in our relationship before, we automatically assume we think we know what our partner is saying. We think we know what they're trying to convey to us. And that's not always the case. So you want to repeat back to them what they said. Well, this is what I heard you say. Is this right? And it really helps because you may have gotten it completely wrong. Oh, my bad. I heard you say this, this, and this. And that's not what they said. So now they can repeat back to you what they, even if they said it, a lot of times we can say stuff, but that's not what we meant. Maybe we couldn't get our words right, or maybe what I'm feeling is not what I'm conveying from my mouth. So this gives them the opportunity to really explain to you what they meant. It helps you to hear their perspective. It helps you guys to hear one another out and see where the other is coming from. So I encourage you, when you're dealing with grief, when one of you guys lose a loved one, or maybe your parents are older and you have to bring them into the home or you have to make decisions about their lives and how you want to take care of them. When you guys have children and maybe the mom is dealing with postpartum depression, maybe she's gotten into a funk that she cannot get out of. Or when you're dealing with infidelity and affairs, or you're dealing with the lack of physical intimacy and you guys are not able to have sex for whatever reason. It is some things that will come up in a relationship where you will need a third party. If that is you today, I encourage you to make a phone call right now. And even, and sometimes your partner or your spouse may not be in agreement about that. Maybe they don't feel comfortable with that. Maybe they were raised in a home where you don't share your business with anyone. I encourage you not to put it off. Even if you have to do counseling by yourself, if you have to see a therapist by yourself and you work through some things and your partner can see how it's really helping you, how it's really affecting you, how it's really changing the dynamic of your relationship or your marriage. And now they want to get on board. But I encourage you, if this is you today and you're facing some things where a conversation between the two of you is just not helping, it's just not working, you guys can't get on the same page, it's always negative, it's always toxic, I encourage you to reach out to someone today. And if you are in a place where you may not physically be able to get to someone, now since COVID, a lot of these counselors and therapists are offering telemedicine where you can talk to them from your car on the phone. You can talk to them on your iPad or your laptop or your desktop. It's no reason why we're not able to see anyone. And if finances are an issue now, especially since COVID, a lot of our health insurance are covering therapy and counseling. So if you have medical insurance, Call the customer service number on the back of your car and ask them, do they cover counseling, therapy? When you find out if they cover it, 
find out about your charges. How much are you are you responsible for paying? Because a lot of them, you only have to pay your copay, which won't cost you a lot. You spend more on eating out. So if this is you today, I encourage you, get a third party involved. Do it. I promise you, I've done it myself and it helped my marriage and it helped me personally tremendously. So I encourage that for you today. Next, consider a compromise. There are going to be some times where you're not going to be able to get everything you want. Your partner is not going to be able to get everything they want. But how can you guys compromise? How can both of your needs be met? Even if it's just some of your needs, how can we both be happy because that's your end goal. That's what you desire. You want both partners to be satisfied in a relationship. You want both partners to be happy and to have joy and to enjoy the relationship. You don't want it to be one-sided. You don't want it to just be you getting everything you want or your partner getting everything that works because that hurts the relationship. It hurts the marriage. So how can we compromise? How can I be open-minded to what it is that you want? How can you be open-minded to what it is that I want? And how can we compromise and come to an agreement that will make us both happy? Next, seek a solution. Once you understand the other person's perspective and they understand yours, it's time to find a resolution to the conflict, a solution you both can live with. When the conflict arises, you guys have your conflict management skills. You know how you're going to handle the conflict. You know how you want to deal with it in the midst of, but now you need to have a solution because what happens is you guys put it off, you ignore it, you talk about it, but you don't have a solution. So when it comes up again, you're back going through the same steps and still don't have a solution. It still has not been worked out because there are going to be a lot of things you have conflict with in your relationship. It's not going to just be one thing. So if finances are your your conflict right now or children are your conflict right now or in-laws and extended family is your issue right now you got to have a solution you can't just put it off until it happens again because now there's going to be resentment there may be unforgiveness there may be issues with more than just the two of you now you need to seek a solution if finances are your issues maybe the solution is when we have an issue the conflict with the finances our solution is We're going to sit down and discuss it. We're going to put it on the calendar. We're going to sit down and discuss it. Even if I feel like I don't have the time for it, even if it's uncomfortable and I don't want to discuss it, we got to sit down and come to a solution. Okay, maybe our solution is we're budgeting. Our solution for our finances is we're going on a budget. We're going to spend $100 a month on extracurricular. Each person gets $100 a month for extracurricular. Whatever you do with that, that's totally up to you. Nope, the other partner doesn't have to question it. They don't have to ask about it. But once that $100 ends, it's gone, that's it. That's our solution. So now we don't have to keep arguing about it. When them Amazon packages come or when they're out shopping or whatever you, you set this money aside for because extracurricular could be anything. You know, you may like to go to the movies. You may like to go to the bar. You may t- like to go have brunch with the girlfriends once a month. Whatever that is for you, it doesn't matter. But your solution is now we have this budget for extracurricular. So we don't have to argue about this. Now, the issue will arise if you go past this $100. Now we got to sit down and we got to talk about it again because we made a solution and now we got to stick to the solution. So 
Seek a solution, guys. Don't put it off. Don't wait until next year when summer vacation comes and you got to have this same argument and same conflict again. No, put a solution in place for how you guys want to handle summer vacation every year. And if you guys need to adjust because the kids have gotten older or the kids may be gone from home and now it's just you, you two, and, and it's an emptiness. Go back to the drawing board and discuss how you want to now handle summer vacations now that the children are gone or they're doing their own thing. But what I'm saying is seek a solution. All right, guys. Now the final one coming in at 8% of the top three reasons of why romantic relationships are so hard. They reveal who you really are. (laughs) God's word says that his word is a mirror for us. Because we can think, you know, we can think we're kind, we're long-suffering, we're merciful. Oh, I'm so forgiving. Oh, I can put up with anything. Oh, I just treat everybody right. But what happens is when we get into the word of God and he begins to name those things that we should be doing, we really see ourselves for who we really are. Oh, I don't do that. I don't love my enemies. I don't love people that don't treat me right. Oh, I'm not very forgiving. I I thought I was forgiving. You know, it begins to show us who we really are because that's what it is in the mirror. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you usually do, you brush your teeth and wash your face and you're in the mirror while you're doing it. So, you know, if there may be a little crust in your eye, you know, if your hair is sticking up and you're able to fix it. That's what a mirror does for you. But imagine you're at work, you know, you, you're walking from your car to your desk and you're thinking you look fly, you smell good, your hair looks nice. And somebody stops you and say, oh, Monique, your hair is sticking up in the back. Oh, Monique, you got a little crust in your eyes right there. What I'm going to do, go to the mirror and see it for myself. This whole time I'm walking through the building thinking I'm looking good, thinking I'm fly. And all this time I got crust in my eyes and my hair is sticking up. I go to the mirror and I adjust. I fix myself up. I take the crust out of my eyes. I flat. I brush the hair down. That's what a mirror does for you. Because you can be thinking one thing about yourself, but what that mirror does is show you what's really going on, what's really there. It's the same thing in a relationship of marriage. You can think all these good things about yourself. You can think that you can put up with some stuff. You can think that you're kind. You can think that you don't have a bad attitude. But when conflict arises in your relationship or your marriage, it really shows who you really are. What's truly in your heart. Because what happens is when you're at work, when you're dealing with extended family, When you're hanging out with the friends once a month for brunch, you can put on, you can think these certain things about yourself because nobody's calling you on your stuff. Nobody's making you get upset. Nobody's bringing stuff out of you that usually only comes out of you in your relationship or marriage. So now when you get into these heated conversations or these issues or this conflict arises in your relationship, now you're mad. Let me ask you guys this. Don't lie. I can't see you, but don't lie. You see yourself, especially if you're looking in the mirror, you see yourself. But raise your hand if you get into an argument or conflict with your partner or your spouse and you respond by saying, I said this because you did this. I did this because you said this. You're putting it on them. You're saying I reacted or I acted in this way because of what you did. But you guys, that's not true. Yeah, you may be upset about what they did and you may be right to be upset. Don't get me wrong on that, but that's not where I'm coming from in this statement. What I'm saying is 
Nobody controls what you say. Nobody controls what you do and how you respond. That's something within you. So yes, what they did may have brought it out of you, but it's because it was already there. If it was not there, it couldn't have came out, guys. Something can't come out of you that's not there. I personally don't curse. If you know me, you know this. That's just, I used to curse like a sailor before I was saving. Even a few years after I was saving, that was one of the things that I talked to God about and I repented about. And I was real about like, that's not the language that I wanted to have for myself. I never want to see my kids seeing me curse. That's just now how I wanted to talk and represent God and present myself. If I curse, it's because I purposefully I put it in my mind that this is what I want to say and this is how I'm going to say it. I don't curse. So if my husband makes me upset or we get into an argument or there's some conflict, you're not just going to hear a bunch of curse words come out of my mouth. And if you do, I can't say, well, because my husband said this or he did this, this is why I curse like a sailor. This is why I went off and flew off the handles. No. If I cursed like a sailor or if I flew off the handles, that was because that was within me. It's just been at bay all this time because nobody else brings that out of me. Nobody else can make me that upset. So what what I'm saying to you is when we're in a relationship or marriage and one of the reasons that romantic relationships can be so hard, it shows us who we really are. The part of us that other people don't see. The part of us that maybe mom and dad don't see. Our coworker and supervisors don't see. The people we in church with don't see because they don't bring that up out of us. It's usually those romantic relationships, people that we can't put off. Because when, when your family, extended family make you upset, you can just hop in your car and go home. When the people at work make you upset, you know you're clocking out at a certain time and you're going to go home. If the people in your church make you upset, you know you're just only here for a couple hours and you're going home. But when it's with somebody that you plan on spending the rest of your life with, that you're invested with, that you're romantic with, that you share your life with, you can't just leave. You have to deal with this. You have to address and face this. And even if you left for a little while, you got to come back and deal with it. It's not going anywhere. So this person brings what's really in you, out of you, and it makes you see yourself because they're your mirror. Your partner, your spouse is your mirror because now you're having to really see you for who you really are through them, through their lenses. Man, I didn't know my attitude was this nasty. Man, I didn't know I could pop off like this. Man, I didn't know I could get this infuriated and feel like I want to punch a hole in the wall. I did not know these things about myself, but now your partner or your spouse has brought this out of you because it was already within you. So now you have to deal with those things. You can no longer put Band-Aids on it. You can no longer put it off. Now I need to deal with that I have anger issues. Now I need to deal with that I have been unforgiven for a long time. And what I just experienced in my relationship, it just triggered that, that unforgiveness that I thought was gone. I really thought that I had forgiven, but I've been triggered and now it's coming out of me. So these are our top three reasons of why romantic relationships can be hard. And there are a lot of other reasons, but these were the top three in the group. Again, if you're not in that private group, come on over to Facebook, search Dating Engaged and Married Objectives. If you are dating in a relationship or you are married, come over and join us. But I hope today has helped you because if I'm honest, it has helped me.
I appreciate you guys. I thank you guys for all your support of the podcast. Remember, I love you, but God loves you so much more. I'll see you next week. Bye, guys. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Follow me on Facebook at Demo with Mo. If you have any questions you would like answered here live on my podcast, email them to me at demo with Mo at gmail.com. That's D-E-M-O-W-I-T-H-M-O at gmail.com.